what I've been describing now is what is called the mature Harappan or urban phase. Urban phase. We have now something like 1,200 sites uh, scattered over this entire northwest of the uh, urban or mature phase. There are antecedents, I'm not going to, to trouble you with that, we called the early Harappan phase starting about 3500 BC where you know the, the towns uh, acquire more and more of the features that will create the Harappan urbanism. And then after 1900 BC there's a devolution, there's a kind of collapse of the urban order and a scattering of lots of sites which go back to a rural lifestyle. The urban order is no longer maintained. So uh, these are back to village life and uh, there are quite a vast number of them. So you can see the various regions and uh, if I concentrate only on the, the mature phase now, these are the percentages. Sarasvati Basin 32%, Uttar Pradesh uh, all the way to the Ganges but not across the Ganges, I'll show you later. Uh, 3%, Gujarat 28%, Pakistan altogether, that is to say Sindh, Punjab, Baluchistan, few sites in the northwestern provinces also, of uh, 37%. So you can see that this is a, a civilization which has a very wide reach, uh, actually about 1 million square kilometers is the present estimate. And, uh, and it was actually much uh, larger in extent than ancient Egypt or Mesopotamia, which were contemporary Bronze Age civilizations. So therefore, immediately one question, uh, uh, you know, uh, occupied the minds of the archaeologists, how is it possible to govern, because there is a government, there is a state structure, such a vast area over, for 700 years at least, uh, standardized pottery, standardized waste systems, standardized writing, standardized sanitation techniques. Uh, all of this is found in all of the sites, whether you are in Gujarat or in Sindh um, or even UP. So, so they have they, some, some people or groups, people, and we don't know who, you know, decided that these are the features, these are the cultural features they want to, and, uh, and, uh, and this was spread over this entire region. Um, now, the initial thinking was that Mohenjo-daro, which is still today the largest Harappan site, possibly at 300 to 400 hectares, actually the full extent is not known. Uh, only 20% of Mohenjo-daro was excavated and uh, it's not very sure how far it extends. So, but the estimate is 300 to 400 hectares and uh, Mohenjo-daro is the most impressive and largest uh, city still today. And it was thought initially that this was the central capital of what was called the Harappan Empire. But uh, after more and more sites came to light in all the other regions, uh, archaeologists, especially, uh, archaeologists, especially American archaeologists, have proposed that in fact this was not a centralized empire. And you see it would be difficult for, let us say, an emperor sitting here in Mohenjo-daro to pass an order or some instructions that are going to be uh, you know, implemented here in, in Western UP. It's the, I mean, the means of communication do, do not allow this. You have only the bullock and the boat for wherever you have rivers. So the present thinking is that this was a kind of a confederation of city-states, you know, like ancient Greece, 
had different city-states. It was not a unified nation in the modern sense. So you had Athens, you had Sparta, and so on. And uh, uh, possibly there were regions with regional capitals. Uh, for example, uh, here you would have Dholavira in Gujarat, and Gujarat occupies more or less. So there are different names for different subcultures of the Indus civilization. But uh, here you will have Ganwariwala, a huge site of possibly 100 hectares, not yet excavated. Uh, here there is a regional capital in Haryana called Rakighari. I will show it on, on the map, etc. And of course, Harappa here. So uh, this is uh, the, 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 the current thinking, without going too much into details, has, be has become a little more complex. And um, uh, the, the, the centralized empire, which was an attractive notion, you know, somewhat like the, the old Egyptian empire, doesn't seem to work in the Indian context. Uh, this is a, a, a timeline showing you, uh, borrowed from uh, the American archaeologist uh, Jonathan Mark Kenoya, showing you Indus here, Mesopotamia, Egypt, and China. So you have in green the pre, uh, I mean the, the Neolithic phase. In fact, you can see that they are more or less matching across all these civilizations. But in blue, there are some differences. This is what is called the regionalization era where different regions acquire distinctive characters, but also start building trade networks. And in red, you have the urban phase. So you can see, therefore, that Mesopotamia is the first, uh, in fact, this is called Sumer, Sumerian civilization in, in this particular case, is the first to, to create cities in the world, followed closely by ancient Egypt. And third is Indus, last is China. So these are the, uh, some of the Bronze Age civilization of, uh, uh, of the world. And uh, now this is some of the sites, uh, new sites, which I want to show you. I'm not going to show you, in fact, uh, Mohenjo-Daro and Harappa because uh, those are fairly well known. Rather, I'm going to show you sites like Dholavira, which was excavated in the 1990s in the run of Kutch in Gujarat. Uh, Rakigari, I, I will not show you because we don't have yet enough published material, but it's a huge site, unfortunately scattered over several mounds which are occupied by villagers in Haryana, so the archaeologists have difficulty accessing the archaeological material. We will never have, unfortunately, a, a total view of Rakigari uh, because that would mean uh, removing the villagers, number one, and number two, uh, what is happening in Haryana, uh, especially of all states, but Punjab also to some extent, is that with the mechanization of agriculture and the exploding, you know, cities, town, urbanism, a lot of Harappan sites are disappearing. In fact, every week, some Harappan site is just raised to the ground by uh, bulldozers. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, sometimes the bricks are recycled, reused, the old Harappan bricks. Uh, but uh, the, the sites are just wiped out uh, even before archaeologists can reach out to them. So Rakigari, then uh, this is Farmana, a, a new site also in Haryana. Karanpura is the latest in uh, Rajasthan. We will visit it briefly. And uh, the, this is uh, Birana in Haryana. And we will briefly see Sanoli just across the Yamuna, just across. You can see that Delhi is this huge uh, this is a satellite photo in, in false images, uh, false colors, sorry. 
and uh, this is the Delhi uh, uh, metropolis. Uh, Sanoli is, is not far from it. And uh, this turned out to be an amazing necropolis, that is to say, a, a huge cemetery, huge cemetery with uh, hundreds of uh, graves uh, which have been found. And um, a very fascinating site. There must have been a city nearby, but it has not yet been found, and maybe it no, no longer exists in fact. Uh, Alangirpu is uh, possibly the easternmost Harappan site of mature phase. Uh, you see, we are kind of moving towards uh, the Ganges, but Harappans, mature Harappans, did not cross the Ganges. So far, there is no known Harappan site. There will be late Harappan sites, but that's different. Uh, they stopped at the Ganges for reasons which, well, we don't really know. We can only conjecture. So let's have a look at Birana, which is um, recently excavated in Haryana uh, by the late archaeologist uh, L.S. Rao. And uh, you can see here uh, some of the Harappan structures. What you see, in fact, first. Uh, something possible, 2500 BC. They are very shallow. There is not much soil above them. And this is not a natural situation. Uh, this means that a lot of topsoil has been already removed. And this is, this is what, in fact, uh, also I forgot to mention, brick industry. As you well know, uh, in Haryana and in uh, UP especially, there's a huge uh, amount of uh, brick kilns and those work by constantly removing topsoil. So uh, in the process, uh, a lot of ancient sites are destroyed, not just of the Harappan times, even of later times too. So here you can see a lot of um, habitations. This is a street, a uh, uh, small street. Uh, we do not have an overall plan of Birana as far as I know, but quite a few features were identified. You can see that a lot of trenches, this is the, the what is known as the Wheeler's Grid. grid. Uh, in Indian archaeology, um, uh, Mortimer Wheeler, British archaeologist in the 1940s, uh, imposed this um, system which allowed a very careful stratigraphy, uh, 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 careful reconstruction of the evolution time-wise, period-wise of a site. So this is what is still used uh, here. And uh, in Birana, well, first of all, a, a, a good deal of classical Harappan features. So, for example, pottery here, uh, you find at almost every site, and it is remarkable that uh, this degree of standardization, even for pottery, was imposed across the entire civilization with minor variations here and there. But you have uh, designs like this is the, this is known as the intersecting circle design. You have to extend the circles outside. Um, uh, various uh, people, people leaves, for example, I think we have one somewhere here. Uh, this is a typical perforated jar uh, of uh, which the Harappans were using everywhere and the funny part is that we still don't know what it was really what purpose it was really uh, used for uh, possibly to make curd or to make some fermented uh, brew or in fact we, did, we were told recently in Kutch that they're still using this kind of perforated jars to you know to wash vegetables they keep vegetables inside and they will dip them vigorously in, in a bucket of water but whether the Harappans, this is the kind of, you see, uh, chemical analysis which has been done abroad. 
Uh, we know, for example, that the Egyptians and Mesopotamians uh, uh, made beer because, well, the molecules stuck in the inner walls of pottery have been analyzed. But in India, we are lagging behind, and this is one thing that uh, now is slowly picking up the the sciences of archaeology, the, the scientific investigations into archaeomaterials. So I hope one day we will have the, the answer to this question. And uh, these are more pottery, but then these are from an earlier phase. This is the early Harappan phase, which is not yet fully urban. It is moving towards urbanism. And again, in many different regions, you have this uh, typical uh, pottery where unlike the classical pottery I was showing you earlier where you have usually black designs painted on a red background or red slip as it is called here there, it is bichrome it is bichrome if you prefer uh, you have the uh, a white reserve for the major designs and uh, the background is still uh, reddish um, and black lines being painted so this got simplified when it moved towards the later mature phase. Uh, these are copper implements, absolutely typical of, of any site. You can see the same in Mokaro, in Hapa. You have uh, copper, bronze, bangles, harapans, log bangles of any terracotta. I'll show you some in gold later on. Uh, I've bow, uh, faience sometimes. Um, these are arrowheads. These are uh, big heads of bronze uh, which we are used to, uh, to, to dress stone, for example, and various kinds of hooks and needles, etc. So, uh, so Harappans were, and, and these are uh, rings or sets of uh, small bangles. So, Harappans were experts at uh, copper bronze metallurgy. What's remarkable here is that they found ways to harden bronze because bronze remains a fairly soft metal. It is harder than copper but still not very hard and you can't normally use, a, a, if you have pure bronze, that is to say pure copper and pure tin, you would not be able to do much work with such a chisel. It will be blunted immediately. So what they did was that they identified, you know, probably, of course, empirically. They did